0: Hi guys, John B here, and welcome to another episode of the SC Twenty Five Cast. In this episode, we'll be talking about the two-one defeat against Brighton at Sellers Park on Saturday. I'm hoping this episode won't be too emotional. I myself have gone through the anger, and it's pretty much just disappointment now. So, with me today, we have Law. Nah. Got Law, and we've got Miles. Hey guys. Alright, thanks guys, and now on to the main content. Let's begin with how you guys are feeling about the game right now. Don't go too in-depth with the game, but have a little discussion on
1: what we think about it, like going forward and stuff, so uh, Miles, what are you thinking? At this point, I'm kind of past the anger and I kind of just repressed it. And I almost like kind of forgot that we lost, to be honest, because I just put it out of my mind and tried to ignore it. Thinking about the it game, it's pissed me off so much, to be honest. But now it's just sadness, to be honest. Like Brighton doing the double over us is just unacceptable, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I disagree. Uh, I'm still angry. Like this, this shit pisses me off more than anything. And like, like you ask, I won't go too into it. But like Miles said, they done the double over us this year. That's not fucking on at all
0: yeah is um, I was going to go into this a bit later actually but I might just go there now so yeah the Brighton 6-pointer uh, this season if we hadn't given them the 6 points they'd right now be in the relegation zone and we'd be just above 10th place so it just shows how ridiculous and stupid it is to throw them 2 games away thrown off when we played them at home it was 3-1 wasn't it but this game was just fucking annoying to say the least it just seemed like no one could be asked of it in the Palestine apart from Luca and Zaha and the rest of them weren't really treating it as a derby so it's just annoying But with the, the literal beginning of the game i think it was something like stupid like 28 seconds when that tackle first came in at sell i didn't think it was ascending off at all i was like yellow card fair enough seeing more of it i'm sort of in two minds so i just wanted to have a little discussion on what you guys were thinking about that so look go ahead what do you think of that challenge by not on luca at the start
2: you know i think um any other day it's one of them tackles where like it looks bad and even like when you watch the replays of it, it's it's even worse. But like in the heat of the game, I can understand why the ref might want to just give the yellow like he did. But obviously, I had the I was like uh, I was watch I was watching a stream, so like I'm not there at the match. So like I have the I have replays just kind of thrown straight at me. And like he got like a complete foot full of Lucas bollocks. There was no control to that challenge at all. And like I get this like early in the game, but like that's fucking dangerous, man. Like. Like if he connects any harder, you know, if Luke is a bit more unlucky, then like that's a leg breaker or something. Again, you know, for the ref just to give a yellow, like I think on any other day, that would have been a straight fucking red.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I think if that happened, like later in the game, maybe like 60th minute, then that would have been a sending off. And this is just another one where the ref just fucking bottles it. To be honest, I feel bad for Luca's wife because his dick just has to be absolutely mangled after that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I was in two minds. Obviously, I've been at the game. Like I said, I, I didn't think it was initially a sending off. But the only thing that I think goes against Luca is that they both went flying into the challenge, so it was pretty much 50 50 whether it was going to be Luca taking out the other guy's balls. So I don't know. It's one of them hard ones, and I don't blame the ref for not giving him a red, but yeah it's it's a bit of a bad challenge so and obviously he went on to score the winner as well which makes it even more of a piss take what do you guys think of the ref overall because i know obviously that one was a bit of a shitter but i remember seeing zaha on the wing in the first half getting tackled by that i believe it's their number eight i can't remember his name though but i swear it was literally like three or four times you just think is he ever going to get booked that guy so i was getting a bit pissed off with the ref but then i didn't have that red card challenge in my head while i was doing that as well so miles what was
1: your opinion on the ref overall to be honest, I thought the ref was pretty shit, to be honest, because he gave the fouls like when it was fouls most of the time, but I think it was 18 fouls they did on us, and they only got a few yellow cards, so I thought the ref should have been more harsh because they basically just got one ahead of and just started kicking the shit out of us. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it was great. Not too much to comment on apart from the red card.
2: Yeah, it was... They had 18 fouls, and to be fair, he gave out five yellows uh, yesterday. I just checked, and the their number eight, Isuma, he had a fucking nightmare of a first half. Like, there was a couple of times where like you were really expecting the ref to give him a booking. I think there was one tackle in particular. I can't remember who he knocked, but like he really belted into him. You're thinking to yourself, mate, could you fucking get out your fucking cards, yeah? Like, wh- what are you fucking doing? But like he actually ended the game without any bookings at all, and like I don't know. I think the ref overall had a bit of a mare. Like, again, with the knockout challenge at the beginning, you know, you could argue it could be a red. Overall, I just think he lost the game a bit, you know, after the, I'd say after about 10 minutes or so
0: yeah I mean I, I, I wasn't screaming at the ref like I usually do but yeah I thought it was a pretty bad one as well Um, we'll go on to a bit of depressing parts of the game we'll go to Murray's goal and I mean I don't usually get emotional on the pod but fucking what the hell was that all about I just remember just standing there I didn't even show emotion to it I was just standing there just in disbelief at what the fuck I just saw Tomkins God knows what he was doing Um, he just seemed to watch it and then do some pathetic attempt at a header and then just sort of jog back to it I, uh, it just annoyed me it was just one of the most Stupid goals I've seen in a while, sellers. Uh, I just think it's just fucking out of order for players to be doing this to us because it's getting worse and worse every home game we have. I was just in disbelief at what I just saw when that went in. And don't take away from Murray; it was a fucking brilliant finish. He knew exactly where the goalposts were and just slotted it straight in there. So yeah, Law, <laughs> what do you reckon?
2: Uh, it was fucking shocking. Like we had Dan and Tomkins in at the back, and I am more angry at Dan. Right? Like I know I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nice here yeah, because like he's a club hero. You know, he, he's, he was with us during the early times in the premiership and he's been there with us for a hell of a lot. But he does not, he cannot start anymore. I'd rather have Kelly. And that's me saying fucking something because I went through a phase where I fucking despised Kelly. And now I would love him at the back with Tompkins. I'll pay you fucking money to put him at the fucking back with Tomkins. For fuck's sake. Because here's the thing. When you look at the fucking replay of that goal. You see Dan. He's not even looking at Murray. Right? Who's just a little bit behind him. And he's casually walking back. And the only time he starts to go into an actual sprint. Is when the balls fucking clunked off of Tompkins head. After he's fucked it. And he's like. Oh shit. I actually have to do something now. You know? Like are you fucking mental mate? You're a professional footballer. I'm in two minds as to whose man that was. I'm thinking it was Dan. Because Murray was closer to him and you just look I'm looking I i, I done at <sighs> can't even get my words out because it's so fucking annoying. I went back and I watched the replay four or five times and every single time you just see him just casually walking back as soon as the ball comes over and it's like, that's not how it's supposed to work, right? And especially, he's played with fucking Murray, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Murray left like maybe a season after we got him in or something. Like, either way, you, you can't let that happen. And like Tompkins, like you, you can't really excuse that header. It, maybe the wind or whatever affected the ball, but like still, it was, it was horrible from both of them. You can just tell that there is no chemistry between either of them so bring back kelly my boy kelly i love kelly now okay kelly's my boy all right that's all i have to say fuck that goal fuck that goal
1: yeah, for me, when it went in, it was just a bit surreal. I was just staring at it like, oh, that's not meant to happen. No, we're going to win this game. What the fuck is going on? And then people on Twitter chat chatting all this shit about best defense outside of top six, but it's just, just Saka and the bissaka Everyone else is fucking shit. The defending was just dreadful, to be honest. I'm with Law, to be honest. Fuck Dan. I want Kelly back. Kelly would never do that to us. Also, on Dan, his passing range is just absolutely shit. He just stands where the ball and then just does nothing with it. The team section was a bit shit as well, to be honest. That goal just pissed me off going with Dan's passing
0: actually, I saw this live and I was watching Zaha run I don't know when about it was but if it was Sako, he would have been banging it up to Zaha because he was basically on goal if he got it passed to him. Dan sort of looked at him and just sort of like oh Banna I ain't gonna do that, I ain't gonna make a pass or he got shook or something, I don't know. Then decided to run round and do some other little shitty pass and then Zaha was pissed off. Dan apologised after like yeah I should have passed to you sort of thing but you could see Zaha getting pissed off and I think I had it in the notes to go to Sako. I know you just mentioned him a little bit Miles but it looks like we are missing him at the back more than we maybe thought we would. It just seems at home though, because obviously we beat Burnley 3 1, and it was the stupid goals to could see at the end, as we probably could have got a clean sheet out of that game. It just seems at home. I just don't know what happens to the team when you go from a 4 1 Leicester and then straight away you're losing against United, and you just think, oh, we're away again. Let's beat Burnley 3 1. And then you come back home and you're losing against Brighton of all teams. I mean, it's starting to like get to the stage now where, honestly, if someone just straight up said the season's over, I'd be fucking glad so I don't have to go to the fucking home games and watch us lose or just play shit every time it just gets so boring after a while and it's so disheartening to know that apparently uh ground dweller was saying that the season ticket price is going up next season as well you just think fucking for what why how we don't even deserve it to go up next season so yeah it's emotional man It's get it's fucking doing my head in so <laughs> I, I know i didn't really want this to be too emotional but it, it's starting to get me a bit miles i know you mentioned Sacco, but what do you think are we gonna miss him for the rest of the season
1: yeah, I think we're not going to get relegated but we're not going to do anything fucking good to be honest. I can't really see us winning that many games. We'll probably beat Huddersfield to be honest. and then we'll like maybe get another win or we'll just finish like 16th or something. Without Sacco, we just look fucking shit. We- There's no leadership in the defence although wan like basically gone, he can't do it all on his own and Van Aanholt just complete shit this season. I just don't even really know what's going on to be honest.
2: It's sad really because like, as soon as like it was mentioned that Saka was going to have to have surgery. I, I knew we were going to be in a, a fair bit of trouble, but what I was hoping for was that Kelly would come in because I think with Kelly is that like he has been in place, he has played with either Sako or Tompkins at more than one time during the past season and a half. So he has chemistry, right? He knows how to work together with both of those boys. Whatever Roy's reasoning is in bringing Dan in, I I have no fucking idea. But I remember you did mention the season ticket prices going up possibly next year. And I read about that and I'm like, who the fuck is going to want to watch us at home next year when this is the kind of shit we have to pay money to go and see? You might as well just get like the home, the season ticket might as well just be something that you hold on to in your wallet just to get tickets to awake games, because at least we fucking win those. It's fucking insane. We never really had... Selwos Park has never exactly been a fortress over the years, but it's certainly been a lot better than what it is right now. And we've had a problem with this ever since we've been in the premiership. It's, it's gotten better, depending on uh, manager-dependent. Currently, it is abysmal. Who the fuck wants to pay to go and see this fucking lot play at home? Away from Selwos Park? Fuck yeah, people will throw money at that, because we actually play good. But right now, the defense is the defense is going to struggle, I think, especially if we keep going with Dan. But I think after yesterday we might stick with kelly but here's the thing as well like <laughs> kelly isn't even that good right like when you really think about it he's a he puts in good effort and i appreciate him like i was i was wrong okay now that he's playing is in a center back instead of on where do used to play like left back or right back where he was fucking abysmal now that he's playing center back he's serviceable definitely serviceable and i appreciate that a good attacking team is gonna slice us apart i feel because bisaka is only one man he can only do so much he's 21 as as well, like this is his first full season for fuck's sake. PVA is having a fucking mayor of a season, like, this is abysmal. It is easily his worst season. I think he's been with us two, maybe two seasons. I think maybe three. I can't remember we we got him when he when Sam bought him. Either, either way, this is definitely a nightmare season for him. And like the knockout goal, I'm not knocking the finish of the goal because it was outstanding, and I do not like saying that, but it was. But the the amount of space he gave knockout was unforgivable, and that pretty much sums up his entire fucking season. And I think overall, with, like Miles said, we're not going down, but I think it's going to be a lot fucking closer than we were expecting a couple weeks ago. Definitely
0: yeah but cut it down in the notes to talk about the knock-out goal obviously what I was going to do with the knock-out goal though, is go back to um, obviously like you said it was a, a world-class shot class finish you can't fault the guy for going for it I did read a statistic that that was their first goal outside the box all season or something like that for Brighton which is ridiculous how do we feel the game would have went if you rewind to the first minute and he wasn't on the pitch because from what I can remember every single time we go against 10 men at Sellers we're absolutely shit and arguably worse than when we go against 11 and I'm I Actually, I'm pretty sure that Brighton was 10 men last time we played them at their place. They were like 10 men for a, quite a bit of it and we still fucked it up. So I know people go back like, oh, if you got red, it would have all been different, but would it? He wouldn't have scored that fair enough, but someone else would have fucking
1: scored something. So yeah, what do you guys think about that, Miles? Yeah, I don't think it would have been any different. There was no conviction in the team. If he didn't score that if because he wasn't on the pitch, someone else would have done something. The defense was so shaky and the attack were trying to like basically walk it into the goal. and. Yeah, I couldn't see us winning that match, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, man. Like I'm looking at the match stats right now. And 11 and 11, we had 63% possession, 15 shots, three of them on target, eight corners to none. You know, that's with 11 fully fit players out there. I don't know, man. Against 10 men, maybe we could pull off a 2-1. But like like both you guys touched on, apart from Luka and Wilf, maybe, this wasn't the derby to these boys. I feel like a lot of people need to be reminded of that. There's only two games in the season that matter, and it's against the Scum. That's it. Unless we are in a cup final. But apart from that, there's two games in the season that actually mean something. And that's these two. And these boys need to be reminded of that because they've done a fucking double over us. And somebody else, uh Alex in the other Discord, mentioned that this is the first time that Brian have done a fucking double over us since the fucking mid-80s. We should think about that because like I know a lot of newer fans kind of want to make Watford a rivalry. It's not. They're not important enough to warrant it. Brighton is a rivalry. And for reasons that go back to the fucking mid-70s, do a bit of research, you know. It's at the end of the day, rivalries is all about having a bit of fun had a bit of back and forth with the other fans saying, you know, you're shit for this reason, you're shit for that reason. At the end of the day, it hurts when you lose against your rivals in a derby day, especially the way that we lost. Honestly, when you look at the match stats, with 63% possession, we hardly ever have that kind of possession against teams, even when we're winning. And it's like we were fucking Man City yesterday, only a fucking shitter version, and we still lost 2-1. And I don't know, it's just, it's just really fucking sad. This, this is an important game. This was, a, this was an important game, not the fucking Man U one, not the Man City one. You know, we not Liverpool, not any of that bullshit. This, this one matters. A lot of those boys out there couldn't give a shit yesterday, so fuck them.
1: just commenting on the whole rivalry thing like the players don't exactly need to know what it's about but all they need to know is that we hate them and they hate us and all they have to do is try like if they completely outplayed us but like at least they put in 100 percent effort and i saw them all like trying to do whatever they could i don't think i would have been that angry just the way we went about it to be honest and if we well watford did do a double over us but if we lost last weekend i wouldn't be that mad because like watford are they're decent they're i think eighth or seventh and They've got like a good manager. Brighton, they are shit. They, are the, they were 92nd out of 92 teams in England before they beat Huddersfield. And then we let them do this. It was just embarrassing. I think I saw a quote from Roy saying he didn't know what it meant to the fans. I, d- I don't care if you know what it means. You just pretend you do and you just put a team out there that's going to do the job. It's fucking embarrassing. I never saw that, but
0: fuck knows how we can say that after the away game that we had against them as well, where it was all kicking off and stuff. It's obvious that it means something to the fans. You can see the Brighton lot getting well excited outside the ground and stuff as well. And I know what you mean, though, about going to the rivalry. I mean, Man United, maybe a little bit of an important game just in with all the past history we've had with them with the Cantona shit and stuff. But I think it just seemed like Brighton, fair enough, Not might have even got sent off for that challenge. But even little challenges, they were always up for it. And they targeted Milivojevic the whole game. They stuck with their game plan and their game plan worked. I, was, I don't even know what our game plan was, honestly. I, I didn't have it in a note to speak about Bachwari, but I thought he was terrible. Benteke's first touch when he came on, terrible. I just remember after this guy had always Text and I'm about the football after the game, he's like, How did it go? And i just go, this guy's shit, this guy's shit, this guy's shit. The list of players that I fucking had after the game of who was shit. It's just terrible. Van Anhold, I know we brushed on him a bit. He was terrible. I know I had him on my shirt last season. I got him on the third kit this season. I was glad I had my jacket on, trust me, because if it was summer, I'd be putting my jacket on to Fucking Heidi's name on the back of my shirt. I thought he was terrible, and it's getting worse and worse with him. I'm not really too sure what's going on. Uh, he doesn't really have any competition there, unless you're going to put shit up there the whole time. And fuck knows how that went last time with uh, Man United. So yeah, I think yeah, I know with the American fans you might not understand how much of a rivalry it is, but with Brighton they're the ones that it just seemed like we we didn't really take it as a derby yesterday. The, even the fans after like we went one 0 down, it all got a bit quiet, and then two one that was it, man. We had had enough. Like you could just see that the fans we weren't impressed with it at all. So it's it needs sorting out uh, one more thing that I want to talk about is Guaitar and his kicks it was like watching Hennessy I know he had a couple of panic kicks where he just banging it straight into the like for a throw in and stuff but I can't really fault him for the goals but what are you guys thinking of him in the last couple of games and especially some of the kicks he was doing this game are we still the man for us do you think Law?
2: I think he is yeah I remember there's this this week talk of him there was some news reports of him not being happy uh, in England or or maybe the management not being happy with him because he wouldn't commit long term to the club or something but then you know like you see him on Twitter and Instagram tweeting about how much he loves being in London and playing for Palace and everything so like I'm still firmly Vincent A's uh, corner to be honest um, I I know what you mean though about the kicking and the distribution with his feet because it's not very good especially yesterday got a couple of tendencies in him definitely I still trust him eternally more than Wayne though I do think it's it's a difficult situation because like if we, if we try and shop about for another goalkeeper that maybe has better distribution with his feet you know fuck knows how much money we're going to be shelling out for whoever you know and now we have you know we got that young kid from brazil who we're more than likely signing in the summer after his loan deal overall i like him can't really fault him for the goals as a fan i felt more at ease when he's been starting over Wayne, you know, when the rest of the world is on fire with our team, he's usually the one that puts in a solid performance. There was one kick he done yesterday. It was early in the first half, and I was just like, "Oh, it's gonna be one of them games, alright." He just kind of balloons out for a fucking throw-in, but we can't all fucking have an Edison or fucking whoever the fuck those good goalkeepers are you know but yeah i I, I still rate him i still really like him he seems like a really lovely bloke solid in between the sticks so yeah i'm I'm, i firmly back him as if my opinion means fucking anything
1: Yeah, I'm more so in the greater camp. But even if he was shit, I'd still rather have him than Hennessy because the defence just looks a, a lot more comfortable when is behind them. But um, yeah, distribution is definitely one of his weak points. But I didn't notice it too much yesterday, but maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. But I haven't noticed it before. Where he just like fucking beats it. Or it's just like really flat and goes to nowhere. But he does seem nice and he may not be De Gea or whatever, but I think he's... He's pretty decent for for us. Yeah, hopefully we can hold on to him long term and I definitely think he should be starting and hopefully Roy does as well. Yeah, I mean, it can hopefully only get
0: better for him the more he gets into the rhythm of Palace. to know the defence and the Premier League a bit more. We'll go with our future as a team so we are now five points away from relegation it was fun for what i know we had a joint free match episode but for that one episode i think it's the first fucking episode that we've not been like oh we're gonna get relegated or if we don't win this we're gonna get relegated but honestly watching every single fucking team below us win and then uh, lose to brighton you're sitting there thinking five points away from relegation still got a couple of games to play i know last podcast when we done the little hype for the brighton game i was being a bit negative and that this is going to cost us the season um, if we get smashed by Brighton. I don't think we got smashed by Brighton, but the fact that we lost when uh, you guys were saying we was pretty much all over them the whole game. I honestly can see us drawing 1-1 to Huddersfield and I reckon that's it. Royale, Bear guys are gonna get like well emotional about it, screaming for Royale, and I, it ain't gonna be nice. I, I could just see it coming. I know we've got Watford to come. We'll we'll go on that in the end. But for talking Premiership only, I honestly can't see us beating Huddersfield at home, and that's why I'm I'm starting to get a little bit
1: worried. Uh, Miles, what do you think? Uh, I'm not confident against Watford next week. Apart from that, for the rest of the season, yeah, we're not getting relegated. I just refuse to believe that that's gonna happen. I I just don't even want to think about it. To be honest, with the games remaining, we've got Newcastle, Huddersfield, and and Cardiff we never seem to win against Newcastle apart from that 4-1 or 4-2 was. and with Huddersfield we should just smack them to be honest hopefully by that point they've just given up to us and we won't have a difficult game with Cardiff that's probably going to be another 0-0 draw yeah hopefully the ideal situation is that we don't have to push Roy out of the club and he just retires at the end of the season and we get someone good in hopefully.
2: I think this club has some big-ish problems that A lot of people don't really want to recognize the spending of the club. We're still trying to recover from that from when we first came up and we just made a bunch of rash fucking strange buys. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent because I didn't get to go on it before because my mind's all muddled because I'm still angry about yesterday. But just bear with me. I'd like to point out that our previous player, Glenn Murray, at the age of 35, playing for that Brighton side, has 11 goals in the Premiership. 35. Five years old playing for that Brighton side. And you can say, I would comfortably say on paper, our squad is eternally better than that. They have a squad of jumbled up garbage and to be fair, that garbage beat us yesterday, so what the fuck does that say about us? But also this segues me into my yearly, fuck Alan Pardew, that fraudulent cunt. But if it wasn't for him, we'd still have Glenn Murray probably. Maybe we might have sold him to a championship side by now, but at the end of the day, he was the reason... We let go of Murray and we've had striker problems ever since. Apart from that one wonderful season with Benteke when he scored 17 goals and has done fucking nothing since. Granted, I'm not going to get angry about this season because like I've said on podcasts previous, this season's a write-off. No problem. Let's just keep nailing that fact into the fucking wall. None of our strikers are performing. None of our strikers are fucking performing. Not fucking one of them. Batshuai is going to be gone back to Chelsea in the summer because they probably have that transfer ban. And also, honestly, I wouldn't want to spend £30 million on him. He's not worth £30 million. He is, at best, a £20 million striker because he can do one thing very well, and that's poach goals in the six-yard box. He can just about make a bit of room for himself further out in the box. That's about it. You can't really trust him with the ball. can't really trust him to link up play too often. Essentially a one-trick pony. A very good one if you have the people around him, which we do not. Now, to be fair, he scored goals for us and God bless him for that. He's trying. He's putting in effort. You can definitely see that. But unfortunately, yesterday he got found out along with the rest of our attack. Funnily enough, that happened against Doncaster as well. He got, he was really quiet against Doncaster in the fucking FA Cup, but whatever. On top of that, when you look at uh, the games that we have next Huddersfield i'm a little bit more positive on that because Huddersfield are a different. they're a special brand of bad they're borderline derby bad i think we can beat them and get pick up three points there the Watford game i'm not confident on i think especially after this performance like it's so very strange we'll we'll beat lester we'll do burnley no problem uh the next week you know we'll fall apart against brighton and then what next you know like and Watford aren't exactly an easy team anymore you know honestly you know like, i was really looking forward to the cup and i try not to do that because when you get your hopes high for this club it usually comes down and stabs you in the fucking heart i try not to do that but i was actually genuinely excited this year but not anymore not after this fucking brighton game it's just really brought me down because this was like I said before this was an important fucking game and we fucked it completely fucked it at home as well I just want this season to be I've never been less happy to be a Palace supporter, and that's saying something because I've been through fucking administration with this club and I still found bright sparks you remember that Sheffield Wednesday game when we stayed up was fucking magnificent. What a wonderful fucking day that was. But right now, we're in premiership. We're earning tens of millions of pounds every single season. We're expanding the stadium. We're doing things with the club. I've never been less happy to be a Palace fan because when I see the team be as hot and cold as they are right now, it just boils my piss. And it's just, can you please just make up your mind? It's so disheartening, you know, like, like, don't get me wrong, like, football isn't my life and everything, but, like, I really love Palace, you know, like, I was born in southeast London. Palace was my team, right? It's all about team. But yeah, like, I- I've stopped rambling, like, just fuck this game, fuck yesterday, fuck Pardew, fuck everything, fuck Huddersfield, fuck Watford. I hate everything. Fucking end me.
0: On that note, we will go with our FA Cup chances. I know we're looking a bit gloom and doom. Miles, we'll go with, we'll go with you, soon as uh, I'm pretty sure I know what law's going to say. What's your predictions for next weekend with Watford in the
1: quarterfinals? quite a hard comment to uh, follow but I think that I, want to say, really a dick. I don't even watch, want to watch it at this point like the disgraceful display that we saw yesterday but this might actually help us like maybe we'll wake up seeing as that was just a complete embarrassment and surely the way the fans reacted should show them that they need to respond in some way and hopefully everyone's up for it like it's the FA Cup we need to win it at some point maybe there could be some magic and we um win possibly but my honest prediction is probably a 2-1 loss because that's what we seem to do against Watford
2: I'm thinking it's definitely I think it's gonna be 2-1 it could be a win or a loss I honestly don't know I mean when you match our teams up we've done okay but recently like I said it's just a lack of this lack of interest I guess from the teams. So, or yeah either a 2-1 winner or a 2-1 loss either way it'll be 2-1 something fuck everything boys fuck everything yeah
0: yeah, on that note, we'll have to await the result of the FA Cup quarters. Oh, actually, I didn't even give my thing. I, 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 I kind of with you on that one, Law. I reckon it's a 2 1, but to who? I don't know, it's hard to say. Could either turn up or we couldn't. It's like there's something going a bit wrong with the team at the moment. Like we just seem like they can't be asked. I know Burnley was sort of uh, Even Leicester. The first half of Leicester was a bit of a weird one. And then Burnley, we just seemed to go for it. Something a bit weird, especially with our home games. Yeah, we'll await the result for the quarterfinals and hopefully see you guys in the
1: next SC25 cast.
2: I'm sorry, boys. I'm so mad. I'm still so mad. Fuck this team, man. That's
1: fucking depressing.